The Movie Hour, episode 43, July 16, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome everyone to the Fraternal Order of Shatner Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and joining me on this hot summer evening is my usual pop culture panel, Jeff Henderson and my brother, James. Welcome back to the show. What's happening, folks? Hey, kids. Welcome aboard. I wasn't kidding about that. Uh, the hot summer, too. It's getting it's getting steamy in here. I don't know what the maintenance people do or, are doing on the studio, but it's killing me. I'm not sure how it is over your guys' neck of the woods, but... You can't get good help nowadays. I'm currently squeegeeing. Have you tried my minorities? Monitor. Squeegeeing your monitor? Yeah. Is it working still? So far, so good. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. And we really need to start Jeff, making uh, some money for doing this because our, our our equipment's falling apart here. Greg's air conditioning's <laughs> gone through the tubes. Jim's the monitor doesn't work. I think my cat started chewing on my microphone wire. Huh? <laughs> So, what's going on this week, Jeff? I, uh, you have a beautiful weekend planned ahead of you. I'm I sure. do. I think. Um, I think perhaps next week we might start talking about Vegas and gambling. I'll, I'll try and bring back at least one story. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm going to be going to Vegas for a uh, for a bachelor party with I think ten other guys uh, from all over the United States. We're all meeting in Vegas for three days. I'm leaving uh, Thursday afternoon and getting back very early Monday morning and. Uh, one of, one of one of the most gracious people I know, our host Greg, has offered kindly to pick me up from the airport at twelve eleven a.m. That's not a. true. On That's not morning. true yet. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, he said we'll he was going to do it. Now, now it's on. So, are you, guys, so. Are, you, are you guys being quoting The Hangover the whole time while you're I there? Hope not. I, I, I hope not. I hope we were busy doing other things. But that was a pretty funny movie. Where are you guys staying? We are staying at Mandalay Bay, the hotel at Mandalay Bay. That place is huge. Is- yeah, I was, is that one off the strip? I forget. Like, it's not off the strip, the but it's at the end. Oh, that hurts. The good that end. isn't by the, the Luxor or yeah, New York, New York or the other end? Oh, that is the good end. Yeah, at least, right. at least it's the good end. I got a suite. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back a story. Speaking of uh, speaking of stories, I'm gonna have to bring back a, a relatively clean one. I just found out that Greg's mother and James's mother started listening to the uh, the show, and she's such a nice, wonderful woman that I that I can't bring myself to swear around, and knowing that she is gonna be listening to this show or talk about any of the that's other. That's why you have alcohol, that Jeff. Like, well, that's there, right. I do have beer in front of me. What am I talking about? Never mind. I'll be fine. I just have the uh, interns do some you know made for TV versions. Do some little things so, and stuff. <laughs> I know. I know we're here to celebrate Jeff's life every week, but uh, we are also here weekly to discuss movies. And uh, I believe it is now time for movie reviews. And Jeff and James, uh, which one of you guys would like to start? Because I'm not doing it. Because unfortunately, <clears throat> I didn't uh, catch a new movie, at least to me, this week. But yeah, I'll kick it, it off. Um, I saw what what on, on not too deep of a. Not too deep of an inspection comes off as an anti-capitalist, anti-God screed. Um, this movie is an allegory for the overthrowing of the pow- powerful by the proletariat. I'm talking, of course, about the recent movie Horton Hears a Who. Uh, this this movie, interesting. Uh, it's uh, it's about it's about the the, the people in in Whoville, a very a very nice people. Uh, and and that Horton, this giant elephant, for those of you familiar with the Dr. Seuss book, um, hears these people that live in a tiny little speck 
in a uh, and like that sits like on a flower, and uh, so he hears them and. Uh, he, he, he tries to get them to safety, basically, but there's this evil kangaroo chasing Horton around that's convinced and is convinced a band of evil monkeys and some other evil beast creatures that, uh, that Horton's crazy and that this thing is sort of like, uh, that he's preaching heresy, that, that there's no way that anybody, but he's the only one that can hear it because of his big ears. And then the only who that can hear Horton is the mayor of Whoville, and everybody thinks he's crazy, too. Um, so, yeah, but in, in the end, uh, the, the, the mayor of Whoville manages, uh, play, voiced by Steve Carell, by the way, manages to convince the rest of the Who's that, uh, that there is, that, that there is indeed, uh, an elephant that, that is a, a benevolent elephant that's trying to save them. And, but, uh, by the, by that time, like the, uh, the evil kangaroo and her minions have the, um, have the elephant Horton in a cage. And they steal the speck from him, uh, and they're about to throw it in a boiling pot of water. And so all the Who's start making all the noise they can uh, to try and, um, you know, uh, let let the, the other animals exist. know that they indeed exi- exist. Yeah, they chant, "We are here, we are here." It's it's pretty cool. Um, I won't tell you how it ends, but we'll say it's pretty pretty brutal. Uh, so were you hanging out with a lot of two-year-olds or something this week? Yeah, that was exactly it, what it was. I was hanging out with a lot of two-year-olds. <laughs> and uh, actually, it was on at, uh, at at my new part-time job, and uh, not a lot of people were coming into the store, so I just kind of watched it. And I didn't catch the whole thing, well, maybe, but I, maybe I got enough. Maybe Horton Here's a Who was on. Like, I don't understand. Well, <laughs> is that a big... Uh... It, it's, it's got some nice sound and video in it. I, I work for an audio company, and uh, and yeah, and so that, that was it. Um, cool. So yeah, uh, but I will say one thing that I really liked about this: the Who's in this, while sometimes misguided, uh, were were all were how Who's are supposed to be benevolent, good, caring, kind-hearted people. Um, versus in the 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 most recent uh, incarnation of how the Grinch stole Christmas, where there were good Who's and bad Who's. No, no, Who's are all good. <laughs> That's all I have. To and say. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey playing the the elephant voice in that, right? right? As opposed to the Who, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, uh, did you have any critiques on the actual voice talents? Because I know we did an episode a few weeks back about voice talents. Any of them stick out or do poorly or anything? You know, nobody did that great or that badly that I noticed. The one thing that I that really kind of shocked me though, it really seemed like, um, and this could just be totally my uh, my own interpretation of but it really seemed like the mayor of Whoville was like written and drawn for Jim Carrey and the elephant was more for Steve Carell but they fl- it's Interesting. It's, yeah it just yeah. it really seemed like 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 if you turn the audio off you there's no way you'd guess that it wasn't supposed to be Jim Carrey and vice versa cool and will are not getting more and more voice work absolutely no he was there. actually really good in it so, so you'd recommend it not for uh, other audiovisual stores, but perhaps for people. Yeah, you know, as far as as far as a kids movie goes, yeah. If you, if you got kids and you need to watch a kids movie, it seemed it seems relatively watchable. The parts that I saw. I mean, again, don't show your kids this movie though, because really, like, it is kind of anti-capitalist and anti-God, specifically anti-God. Uh, it's not. It's not. You don't really have to go that deep into it to to find an anti-God message. And lots Unless of evil you want animals, to show your kids apparently. Something. Right, and evil animals, yeah. Um, but uh, if, if you, I mean, unless you want you want your kids to not believe in God, which I'm fine with, also. James, you got something better? <laughs> um, yeah, I might have something a little better. 
Um, I'll start out with the the synopsis for this movie. Um, It was a beautiful day in the city, and things were about to get shitty. A monster debuts, (laughs) a shaky camera view, and the audience gets sick and wastes 950. You hadn't, you hadn't seen this movie that last time, so now you've seen it? Yes, yes. I actually seen I have not seen now. this movie either. That's great. So the, the movie I'm talking about is Cloverfield. Um, you know, it, it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's, it's kind of an interesting premise. Um, basically, um, it's the video footage of, you know, is the whole movie, but it's, it's brought up as like a government file of like uh, a civilian's video footage of a monster attack. Um, so the, the premise is kind of neat in that the way it's presented. It's like kind of starts off with like a file number and that kind of stuff, and then just kind of starts. So it's, so it's like a it's a post look at yeah, what happened. like okay, this already happened. happened. Okay. Here's right. one civilian's footage of it that we have on record, and it just goes. Right. There's like you know it's not edited or whatever. It's just okay. This is everything that came off that camera that we found. So th- that premise was kind of cool. Um, the only problem is is it's kind of neat, but it. It really can't last the entire movie. the The camera view it's all based off like a hand handheld you know video camera, and it's kind of neat at parts where you know you catch a glimpse of a creature you know, or you know a certain situation. But for the most part, you just end up being frustrated that okay, show me some more now. You know, you've been doing this for ever. You know, the entire time. So it's you know it's it was too much for the entire length of the movie. Right, so it was like the shaky Blair Witch kind of thing after a while? Or <laughs> well, what? I haven't seen Blair Witch, so I can't say to that. But, yeah, it was shaky. The actual shaking didn't bother me. It was just the point of view just bothered me after a while. I mean, it was kind of cool right. for, you know, for some stuff, but not all of it. Um, one other complaint I had about it was, uh, you know, this is just a monster movie, basically. You know, a monster jumps up in New York, wreaks havoc. Here's some footage of it. But it takes way too long to set that up. Like, they start videotaping, and then they're at, like, some party, and you they introduce a couple characters and stuff, but the characters are very, very unimportant in this. I mean, there's, besides, like, maybe knowing the names, that's really all you need to know, and they spend way too long just kind of, you know, showing these guys in a situation outside of the monster attack. So we're saying character um, development is a negative thing in this in this. Story. Yeah, like, it, like, there really wasn't much. I mean, basically, they put some in there to kind of put the premise of okay who is dating who and okay do you really like this guy and they spent i mean the movie was like an hour and a half they probably spent the first half hour doing that and it's just like you know what we're here for the monster movie get going you know type of thing um and the other major complaint was the guy who is holding the camera he's a complete douche and you just he's annoying as hell the entire time you just you just want to give him you know have him give the camera to to somebody else and, you know, run with it. Um, good things, they're not afraid to kill people off, so that's kind of cool. And there was kind of a unique uh, building collapse scene that they did, and, you know, just kind of nice to see something a little bit original as far as a disaster flick. So, but yeah, it's a basic uh, uh, monster flick. There's better ones out there. It's not a horrible rental, but you might want to try something else. So... The so the monster didn't touch the building or touch the building and it didn't just blow up into flames. Is that what you're trying to tell it me? It was uh, no. There's two buildings that kind of already had havoc wreaked on it before, and basically one was erect, the other one was kind of leaning against the other one. So it was kind of neat to see them kind of traverse from one to the other and deal with the environment. 
Oh, uh, so many jokes popping in my head. That's not, not a good place to go. I just, uh, I love the pitch. Like, you know, somebody's, this is eight years ago, somebody's in a, in a Hollywood guy's office going, yeah, you're going to love this. It's Godzilla, it's Blair Witch. Oh, that sounds yeah, genius. You, like, yeah, I just, I can, love it. Can you give me uh, some, some monster description? Do, or is that going to ruin it for everyone? Um, the monster's it, weird. A, it, it's very big. It's, you know, several stories tall. Um, it's kind of got like two, I don't even know how to describe them, two like giant front legs, kind of like a arachnid or a you know, crustacean type thing. And it kind of, you know, wandered around the city without any kind of purpose. It was just wreaking havoc. And then like little tiny, tiny little creepy crawly creatures came off of it. And so they oh. had to deal with those too. Jesus. How tiny? That's all I control. I mean, compared to it, tiny, but compared to me. Like uh, dog sized. Dog size, so guns work on them. <laughs> that's that's enough so. about the monster. Monster's dead. Monster's over. I also have to mention uh, some of the production team just came in, brought me a Slurpee. Great way to cool off during the summer. Uh, thank <laughs> they you told me they were out. Support. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. Not a Slurpee? Never. It is a hot day. <laughs> Wait, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Jim, they the save it for the host. You things. I was convinced that they were made up. <laughs> Slurpees only for me. And uh, by the way, if you hear me sipping through a straw, that's that's what it is. Red hot, uh, red cherry for the win. So to get back to movies, the one I don't really have a review. I watched Ghoulies Two again. That's the good one. Uh, but fortunately for you guys, I'm not. Oh, gonna Ghoulies, it. Ghoulies uh, Two. That's the good one, isn't it? It is the good one. It is the good one. It is, is what is what I'll call it. I also caught up on some Cosmos. I gotta give Cosmos another plug. Just. Even if you uh, have no interest in science, galaxy, whatever, just watch it for the sweet '80s special effects. It's it'll it'll get you hooked. Netflix streaming is the cheap way, but I'm telling you, it's genius. So before we get to our uh, main story, main main plot, I would like to discuss today. I, I want to bring up a couple tidbits that happened during the week. Uh, first thing being released, this is the small time one. 500 Days of Summer is coming out, and the reason I want to bring it up is Jeff. Uh, here is sort of infatuated with Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and, uh, as every living, breathing male on this planet should be. <laughs> she'll be co-starring with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's the... I, I really don't know what's started this guy's career again. He was the third rock, the guy, uh, the kid in Third Rock, uh, the longer hair kid, and now he's going to be Cobra Commander coming soon. I have starring, a guess as to what might have restarted his career. My positive review of the movie Brick that he was in, thats that would be my it guess. It might have been. It might have been. I am, I am curious about that. And I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just his time. It's his time to shine. Uh, everyone's uh, looking for another star. Mr. Uh, Shea LaBeouf sucked in Transformers, but maybe maybe they need uh, Gordon Lovett for the third one. When, I'm, when I'm secretly hoping they pull like a Darth Vader, and even though Gordon Lovett's in the suit, that they have the original Cobra Commander voice doing it. So cross fingers for that. I don't know. I really don't think there's... Uh, the helmet. I, I didn't see it. I, I, I really don't know if they're bringing the helmet so in. Just G.I. Joe ready. Just the be ready for that. Then. I don't think there's really anything else going on that relates it back it's to that stuff. Snake there's eyes. There's people in like, rocket <laughs> jump suits like, doing twisty jumps to dodge bullets and stuff. It's like, what? Snake when was eyes. that in the old G.I. Joe? I don't want to waste too much time discussing G.I. Joe again, oh, but it's, Well, you brought it up, it looks, so... It looks like, it looks like total shit. <laughs> and, uh, maybe Gordon Levitt can bring it back since he's the golden child recently, but... 
We'll see. We'll see. And speaking of total shit, I'd also like to talk about Transformers uh, 2. Finally uh, eclipsing 340 mil after its third full week released. And uh, I think it's ahead of Up, which is like second place for the year by like 70 million. Yeah. So it's going to have a hefty lead. Let's see if uh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter was, can come back. I was and, looking at the weekend you know, count for last weekend mm-hmm. and Transformers is third. But the theater count went up by 59 theaters. Who are the 59 assholes who weren't playing that the first two weeks? That's all I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it looks like Transformers 2 <laughs> has might paid be off. Good. Let's <laughs> get on the bandwagon on this. <laughs> that is sort of funny. I like that. It could be like, like drive-ins or, or something that don't get movies like the first week. I don't know. Just a thought. It could be. Because like nobody's possible. kicking them out. Just gonna, yeah. Yeah. Another one uh, that actually that sort of killed last week is number one was Bruno, which is uh, Sasha Cohen's. I don't, I don't really want to read his middle name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I okay. hate middle names. Sasha Cohen's, Sasha Cohen's movie, which he also did, Borat. Which was pretty, like, I saw, I was one of the people there opening weekend at Borat. I think I saw it with you, Jeff, back in the day. Yeah, that wouldn't it was, surprise me. It was pretty funny, and it lost some of its, you know, like, repetitively, you watch it, and it just gets less funny, but um, Bruno did pretty well, and I'm not really as familiar with that character as I was Borat's, uh, or his other character, Borat. I just know he's supposed to be gay, but it did 30 mil over the weekend and took number it's one. Pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I mean, the Bruno character is pretty funny. It's, it's in a similar way, it's, uh... You know, you, you're you're kind of exposing uh, exposing people through shock value and and more making an ass of himself and letting other people react to it that that type of thing. But uh, yeah. it's a uh, it's it's it, the Bruno character is I haven't seen the movie, but the, it, in the uh, show the Bruno character is pretty funny, and uh, I'll definitely I'll probably wait till this comes out on video to see it, uh, just because. I get his shtick. I've heard from a couple of people I know that saw it was, you know, if you liked Borat, you'll like this. It's kind of more of the same. Yeah, Just yeah. putting people in awkward situations and watching them react to him. And, he, like, the guy, you got to give him so much credit. Sasha Baron Cohen is so good on his feet, <laughs> like, thinks so fast and comes up with the thing to say or, like, the thing to do so quickly. It is it is really impressive. I mean, I'm, well, I would never downplay the guy's talent. I don't like, I. I sort of agree with you. The one thing I'd really be curious to see is, like, situations like this, I would just love to see the edits. You know, like, I'm sure those things are spliced. Like, movies like this, you just see a cut, cut, cut every, like, ten seconds, and you wonder what the guy said just before that or what you're not seeing, and I don't know. That, I, I did like Borat. I, I took it at face value, and it was pretty good. Um, but when I start thinking about it as an actual movie, at least it's entertaining. Yeah, I don't, usually, too, not so I don't usually like the Bruno-style comedy, but Borat was pretty good, so I can see Bruno kind of following suit there. A topic I've been wanting to discuss for a while now, uh, pretty much since I uh, brought up Network, I think it was two weeks ago, and discussing Cosmos a little bit off-air was movies that are coming out, Some I can't think of one in particular, at least this week, but movies that are based around technology, movies that... People usually brought off from sci-fi books, but pretty much any movie that the whole plot is either driven or pretty much brought to you by a specific technology. Like you've got artificial intelligence, you got a lot. It's almost like they fit into genre. It's really interesting. Um, but to give more examples, like you know, you have Minority Report and Gattaca and all these things that sort of take science and technology and ask where we're heading and there's a I just really like the discussion I really like the idea and the discussion these movies present because 
there are a lot, a lot of them are like warning tales. They sort of wonder where we could lead with this and what we should avoid. And I guess you see a lot of those now with uh, global warming. Like you've got your natural disaster movies that are all based on us fucking up the earth. Um, but this this is a uh, this is actually one I want to approach today. And the question I have for you guys was specifically: Do I have like am I do I have it right where these movies speak to just like are these just natural human fears that we want to discuss? I guess they're not natural because we're dealing with technology, but we're dealing with tools, I guess. That's, yeah, you know, I, I know we've something. discussed this on the uh, on the show before, but uh, like always, there there have always been. I mean, even before there were movies, like literature would always focus on like when the industrial revolution came along. That like, uh, you know, where are we going? Like, what what is it, what does this have to do with movies? You can think about like movies in the fifties and sixties dealt with the bomb, uh, and you yeah, know, we, we've yeah. created this horrible thing. Oh my God! How does this change society? And you know, there would be uh, like Godzilla was a was a you know product of radiation, or mm-hmm. uh, you know all the, all these different things. That, uh, and now it's now it's computers and the internet and global warming, or I guess it was computers and the internet ten years ago. Now it's global warming, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. Who knows what the next thing's going to be? But yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely an uh, art kind of uh, coming coming forward and and uh, talking about what we're scared of as a society. So it really is like you think these go by the taste of the week, like year by year. This is what's what's in the forefront. Let's discuss it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it, it, well, you know, yeah. Art follows what yeah. what people are scared of or what what's going on in people's heads at the time. And we finally started to see some uh, some nine eleven movies and that type of thing about that uh, about that and terrorism and all that. It's it, you know it, it, things um, things follow people's people's fears and what's you know what people are talking about in society and, and I think it would make sense that. Movies would too, yeah. James, <laughs> I've got nothing to add to that. <laughs> he did a very good job. He, he did, did a very good job of describing it. That's for sure. I, um, I was an English minor. Yeah. <laughs> good work. He speaks German, folks. He speaks German. Next time, next question will be answered in German. <laughs> you really want me to do? What that? are? No, no. Um, so, and I, I, I did sort of mention, but <laughs> I know you will. I know you were. That there's there seems to be genres of of these movies like they're not just you know like you have your space travel spaceship everything just outside of the earth like the next question is you know where are we going to be after earth and you see you know colonies in space colonies on planets terraforming interesting ideas like that um, the next big one I think is just AI people don't understand um, people want to understand what it is there are actually usually questions about what makes people human. Because it's always like, okay, is this robot a person? What kind of rights does it have? Those kind of questions. Or it's just robots going loose. Um, a, I don't know, AKA Matrix, which brings up its own other questions. Um, and then before, uh, I also, what's that? Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. Big time. Um, and there's also a, sort of like the the warning tale. Like Michael Crichton was a big a big writer of technology and where these things might lead. And he had. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Andromeda Strain. He did, I think he did do Congo, which it wasn't, very, which Congo, isn't really yeah. tech, tech driven, but well, uh, the, I'm sure the, the book, lasers. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the book was a little more, a little more worried about the technology than the actual movie. God, was it bad? Um, I read that, but then he had Jurassic Park and, uh, Jurassic Park dealing with, um, actual altering, alter, uh, altering genomes and trying to, trying to figure out how to recreate life. And that's. There, there's some really interesting movies out there, like Jurassic Parks for one. Like those things were huge, at least when they came out. And cloning wasn't that big of it. I guess it was around that time, but it was. I, I guess it was not only entertaining, but it brought up a question. 
Yeah, Jurassic Park was uh, it was well ahead of the uh, the clone sheep, but at the same time we were mapping the genome. I mean, it actually beat that whole controversy about uh, about stem cells and you know should we? They, they, I don't remember that controversy right. beforehand, but certainly the science was there before the controversy, and that I think is why what, why the world will miss Michael Crichton is because I think he really jumped out ahead of a lot of the uh, a lot of the terror that that um, that people feel about or terror or fear or whatever you right, want to call yeah. it that people feel about these new technologies um, and uh, I mean Jurassic Park was an example I think Andromeda Strain to an extent uh, was as well uh, I think I think he, he has, did a good job with that yeah he has actually a book called Prey that's about nanotechnology which I'm sure we're going to I'm sure we're going to see more and more movies about nanotechnology running rampant and I guess people just don't know how to show a, a nano cell on camera yet maybe they'll figure that out I'm not really sure um, yeah, with him hitting all these nerves, you know, of all these, you know, public fears, uh, maybe the government put an end to him. Maybe his, his death wasn't all that accidental. Conspiracy theory. It's a well-known fact that the government invented cancer. I don't think there's any question about this. It's possible. We'll see. And actually, was, that, was that too fast? Too fast for a cancer joke? Too, too early? Too early? Too soon? Yeah, possibly. Uh, the other, there's actually another... A uh, big genre I didn't really mention was time travel, and time travel has been one for a long time. It's been out there. I, I, for, I guess it still keep, maintains uh, audiences today. Um, anything that's dealing with relationship to le- going far distances, we have. Uh, I guess Star Trek doesn't really deal with it. That's one thing I always hated about Star Trek. Um, but <laughs> no time travel. Yeah, come on, Star Trek, get it together. Um, but I think there was discussion in. Uh, recent movie, well, I guess the re- most recent one I can think of, Denzel Washington and, uh, was it Deja Vu? Was that movie yep, with uh, yep. him and Val Kilmer? That's discussion of time travel. And it does a decent like job of discussing it in layman terms. Not that I'm a scientist, but discussing what are the theories on possible time travel and how you create multiverses or separate timelines based on that. And those seem to be, those those movies will have lasted. How, I'm sure the movies started like in the 50s on time travel. Those things have been around forever. Yeah, they've got to still be a, a hot topic forever too because I mean with the time machine you, you can make the subject whatever I mean look at Back to the Future they did you know one you know the old 50s style they did one in the future then they went back to the cowboy days so basically if you have a time machine involved it's an open book of what you want to do you, you, know? you know what I was going to make that point about space travel stories too everyone's just so no, just so ignorant about what might be in space that as long as there's somebody out in space, there's somebody space traveling, it's just a blank slate to enter whatever plot you want. Like, okay, so you go into space, and a fake human shows up on board, and you start having some jokes, telling jokes to each other, and it can just go anywhere. Like, nobody... It's an alien it's a, life form. Really, there are no rules. Yeah. For, yeah. Maybe that's why yeah, the, there's the, no there's no real archetype for an alien. Or I guess there is kind of an archetype, but like there's you can make up whatever you want. People are like, oh, it's an alien. That, that makes sense. Like, yeah. Like we had the discussion about uh, unless uh, of course it's an alien that, that that's like severely allergic to water, but can live in Earth's atmosphere that's just chock full of water. Uh, <laughs> that does. I mean, that, aside from that, or you know, an alien that's super smart, uh, but you know, can't handle water, but comes to Earth to try and invade. Anything like that would be just ridiculous. And everybody would reject the premise immediately. But aside from that, I think you're in good shape. We had a discussion about this before, though, like blank slate kind of plots. Where I think we were talking about road trip. Like, yeah, okay, we go on a road trip. You just run into X 
next situation yeah, is funny. Just, next I've got all these things that I want to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost yeah. like sketch comedy. Comedy at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe. Just, I mean, maybe. that's the the very dumbed down version. Really, just like okay, road trip. We're going to the relative unknown instead of the final frontier, great unknown yeah. space yeah. travel. So it's it's just more accentuated and just so many more possibilities. So was there any specific movies that stick out in your heads that brought up a question that you guys really enjoyed or was based around a technology that's most entertaining? Well, I think the entire technology genre in general tells us one big thing, that it's bad. Change is bad. <laughs> it's like every single one of these movies is just like, change. okay, something went wrong. We're fucked up, you know? Just mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll make this uh, supercomputer to help us do our, you know, country's <laughs> defenses. Oh, wait, that's going to go off the wall and maybe start World War Three, Or, you know, maybe, you know, we make... Skynet and all of a sudden it becomes self-aware and Terminators pop up and all this stuff. You know, was so that a Superman like every... 3 reference? Uh, did I miss that? No, go ahead. No, that was a War Games reference. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a good movie. A good but, movie. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like everything is bad. I mean, the thing that really struck me about kind of looking at, over some of these movies is the ones with like the the heroes that come to save the day, a lot of them seem to be hackers, people that hack into technology, like the movie hackers, or, you know, even the Matrix, you and all the guys that I were cool in the Matrix were hackers. I am <laughs> disgusted yeah. with you right now. I mean, I could, I could not be more pissed off with you right now if I tried. Yeah, um, you're, well, I think one of, I think Jeff mentioned it, like the archetypes, isn't one of them usually like man versus machine, is that what this yeah, that, situation is? Yeah, that is a big is? one, yeah. Like, and and I, I think, I think Jim's got a point that, you know, like technology bad, but obviously, like, yeah, it, really, you need conflict in a story, and, and to, to yeah. uh, so, you know, usually when there's going to be a machine doing something, it's going to be bad. Um, I, I actually, I really like, uh, like Jim's point, though, about, like, the hackers, um, because, like I said, I, w- I wanted to bring that movie up, but I th- this all started actually with a book that a friend lended me, not, lent, lent me, lent, 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 lent me not that long ago, uh, called Neuromancer. It's like, like a like an absolutely seminal book written in 1984, if I'm not mistaken, and um, it's it, it's got a lot of like similar themes to like The Matrix and a lot of these other things, and it sort of spawned like this cyberpunk is what it's called, where like the hackers aren't God. geeks and nerds yeah. and weirdos, that, like you know, like they were actually surfing the web. And the movie Hackers is a really good, uh, really good representation of that. Along with, I would say, The Matrix. But like that, that it's really like cool and like edgy to be really like good with computers. Whereas right. know, when we think of an, when we think of a real life hacker, we, we certainly don't think about somebody with like a cool haircut and leather pants. It's, I think uh, the latest representation was Kevin Smith and fucking. Live free or die hard, or whatever the hell that movie was called, and he was a hacker in that. And he was just sitting in his yeah, basement with in his mom's house. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's know, like the realistic and kind of joke uh, now. But like, definitely, <laughs> we've seen movies where hackers are like the cool. And there's yeah. a well, hell, even uh, Goldblum saves the day, putting a virus in the mothership in Independence Day. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> and, and it's <laughs> welcome to Earth. Where is welcome it? Welcome to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, one, I think my favorite uh, out of these, is, it's tough to pick. Just I, I like a lot of the, the warning tales Crichton did, but um, I think the artificial intelligence ones usually usually get me the most, mainly just because the whole trying to describe what human is. Yeah, what is a person? Always, yeah. yeah. If you, like, if you, you care you about dealing, something, does that make you a person? I, I, I agree yeah. with you a lot on that. Game. You end up dealing with the situations. Um, 
I to use the the lame movie first. I'll go to Johnny Mnemonic and the discussion of how people just pretty much start modding themselves with any kind of piece of body where they're, that like, came there's from a that neuromancer book too. Yeah, Sorry. so you. <laughs> It's probably the same. It's probably yeah. It's probably based on it. I remember uh, reading some uh, some of the Johnny Mnemonic stuff, a short story on it. And there was um, there are two different groups in that movie and in the book that pretty much the guys that are defying technology are actually reversing in um, what's the word in evolution. They're they're installing like fangs in their mouth and they're putting claws on themselves and they're trying to be pretty much X technology as possible, anti-technology as possible, while others are just, you know, equipping lasers to their arms and just taking any advantage, as pos- any advantage they can to ex- extend their life and do whatever. What did Keanu Reeves do? Th- Keanu Reeves ended up siding with the, the, X, um, the X technology people, but he didn't install things in his mouth, that's for sure. That's a shame. Um, he he was yeah there were a lot of people in between but he was he was just a guy that didn't get cut up by the dude with the laser on his finger. It's a terrible movie. Don't watch it. But um, the the question was stressed in that movie as well as in uh, AI. It was sort of brought up. Uh, that was the Steven Spielberg um, Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick. V- vehicle. And the movie that movie gets a lot of shit. I think it, I I liked it, but um, in that movie robots pretty much start getting ostracized and they humans at least a big majority of them uh, majority of them end up just starting hunting them down and killing them this is more of like a blade runner situation too where um ai robots pretty much turn into slaves and then the discussion of you know what rights they should have these are all interesting things in my mind i guess i'm sort of um ranting along yeah there were definitely some really cool parts of that movie i uh, um I, not to focus too heavily in on that movie, but I, I thought that there were some excellent parts of that movie. I think overall it was okay, but some parts really, really like stuck in my head. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. They do a couple of parts. There's a line. Uh, Jude Law's in it. He plays like a male prostitute robot, and you you can you notice throughout the movie that tons of the robots were using the phrase "bad trouble," like "oh, we're in bad trouble." It just sounds wrong, and it's and that's just something they said. And later on, he sneaks it in just to point out who's a robot, and he, he, like the police say it. And um, I think they're at some point they're actually uh, it might be at the end. The c- creator's secretary says it. Like they're everywhere, and they're just part of society at that point. And it was it was really interesting how they sort of fit that in down low. But um, James, you were saying something. I was just going to say that it's an extra shame then that you didn't enjoy Blade Runner since that seems to be the genre that you like. Yeah, it's like one of the first. I'm movies you, that kind of a lot of our, our generation that taps into it. Yeah, a lot of our listeners point out there's versions without the commentary because with Harrison Ford narrating it, it was just bad. It was <laughs> I I really need to catch the other version. It was it was really bad. And um, there's a lot of actually like Metro like I guess Metropolis is another movie. It's not so much based on artificial intelligence, but Another thing where technology's brought us to like separate societies where you have the, you know, the whole anybody on the ground floor is just living in complete poverty and in shit, and anybody that's living in the sky is that's like the the new heaven, the new place to be, and that's that's I guess a different a different topic. Well, I Robot is another movie that kind of deals with the, you know, whether or not the robots have rights. Uh, it's about the you know robot who gets put on 
not really trial, but he's accused of murder, and it's kind of about whether or not they should just put him down or you know give him his due, that sort of thing. And that kind of brings Will up Smith, the whole, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Welcome Second Will Smith movie in here. It's like he, he's part of the genre. <laughs> he's not quite up to Crichton status, but yeah, he's up there. Like he's right. Uh, yeah, and that kind of. Pardon me. Like he's writing them. Yeah. Go, go it's ahead. all him. It's definitely all him. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. I'm dying here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, and it kind of brings us to the, the whole, you know, artificial intelligence actually becoming, you know, kind of, you know, going on their own, just kind of going out, you know, becoming self-aware. kind of like Skynet. The, uh, yeah, the Skynet, Terminator That's thing. Blade Runner-ish. That's Blade Runner-ish. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's got some Blade Runner. It's like Blade Runner, too. <laughs> well, and, yeah, in Blade Runner, there's pretty much they were mining for humans on some planet, and rumor had it one of them killed a human, and then they started hunting them all down and decided to eliminate like the, that version of robots. And it was a giant, who's the good robot, who's the bad robot, and that's what it sounds like this is like. So, yes, it's like Blade Runner. Blade Runner-ish. James, continue the yes, story. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I'm afraid there's not too much more to the story to that. But, uh, I'm, I'm afraid there's not. There's there's the uh, Jim's favorite movie, 2001, where the uh, the Hal goes bad and tries to kill the guys on the um, on, on the spaceship with him. That's what's interesting about that too is in that movie, at least it's argument it's argumentative, but um, the part where just pretty much that whole part, the the obelisk. Some people argued the symbol of obelisk was just technology, and, you know, that thing is the thing that transforms, evolves humans into the next stage. And that's that's what's interesting about that movie. That's, that's one of the ideas. Yeah, that is the what's theories. interesting about that movie. Apparently Jim missed yeah, that Yeah, it doesn't really... No, I, I understood. But, I uh, you know, <laughs> it's, I found it kind of, you know, reminiscent, because, you know, that opening scene where they're, you know, showing... The bone being used as a tool and a weapon that brings back memories of you know back in my day when you know, we were evolving. So. <laughs> An old you are really old. Oh, I didn't think we'd get to that. So nice. I guess you would also relate to Bicentennial Man. How about that movie? Come on, guys. Oh, that was a pleasure. That, that, that was gold. I, I, that was gold. And oh man, all right, whatever. That's with Robin Williams where he plays a robot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not he, only was he, it on like, topic, just, it was... Lives, it's uh, like the Tuck Everlasting where he lives to see everybody he loves die. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, there was... <laughs> depressing as hell. You also have your rogue robot ones. Not only just there's good robots, bad robots. These are all bad. And you have, like, the Terminators, which were hugely popular. Except for Arnold um, Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2 and 3. What what about... Oh, yeah, that's right. He wasn't bad. He was but he good. was turned good. He was turned good by the, the futuristic humans. Well, he was captured and re reprogrammed. Sorry. He's probably hacked by hackers. Yeah, the new heroes of the world. See, um, and he, I guess another one that's sort of like that brings up some other technical questions is the Matrix, where uh, robots pretty much take over take over the world and start using humans as batteries. But they're evil, or at least they're showing up to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so far I'm stretching to think of you know where technology is actually good. It's bad. Movies are telling us it's bad. Stay away. Some I don't, pretty cool just, Iron Man, dick. Yeah, saved everybody there. <laughs> yeah, until the other guy got one, and he was bad. Well, yeah, but the good guy won, didn't he? With the technology? 
technology. <laughs> so before be we move road. on, before we move on to uh, <laughs> to the, the end of the show, there's, there's one more thing I want to bring up since we seem to be dying on AI. Um, and this gets back to like the human human spirit thing, which I think is actually in the tagline of this movie is Gattaca, which is of of, uh, of course what the name the four different amino acids you can have that form a DNA uh, form a DNA molecule, and the idea is when people are born, we're going to get to the point in technology and the idea where when people are born, we'll know what their se- their genome is, their well, not their genome, but their exact DNA sequence, what that means, where that will lead them to, and where they're best fit in society and what they can do. And we're just going to tell people from day one what they're going to be. And like the, there's, world. the story ends up having Jude Law, um, Ethan Hawke, and Uma Thurman, I believe, are the, the three head ones in there. And it's just a story about how some guy, even though his DNA says one thing, which I don't even know if this even makes any sense, it's probably just completely full of holes, ends up pulling off more than he was expected to based on based on his physical attributes, claiming that there is there is no genome for the, the human spirit, which I believe is the tagline exactly. That sounds pretty deep. <laughs> I like it is. For an Ethan Hawke vehicle, Ethan Hawk it's very deep. And, uh... And Uma Thurman were in it. That, that, that was a that was a hot young team when that when that movie came out. When, when that movie came out, like nineteen ninety eight or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care because Uma, Uma Thurman Uma Thurman's uh, not cool. I'm not I'm not cool with Uma Thurman anymore. We used what? to be friends, but yeah, it's, it's not. Tr- it's hard. It's, I don't want to talk about it. It's heartbreaking. Oh, okay. But not a not a terrible movie. And that that question does come up more in other. Uh, it's it's own its own genre almost. I guess that sort of goes along with the human, what makes people human, and et cetera. But that was the last thing I want to discuss. You guys have anything else before we move on to the Parker Posey? I have my uh, my drink here is getting a little getting a little watery. So so we better we better wrap up add. pretty quick here. Yeah yeah. Anything else? Yeah, no. I just I think it's interesting that that no? uh, with like all of technology, we can kind of boil it down to like the, the these. Very few major questions, and please, you know, send send us a line on the Gunga Pit if uh, if there are more. But it's uh, you know, what 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 does it mean to be a person? What is technology doing for us, especially with uh, reference to computers and these crazy weapons we're building? What are we gonna do with them? Nukes, dude, nukes. And just for the record, I'm not really here. This is my clone. Kind of sitting in. I'm actually outside the island so, where they use clones to harvest the harvest, uh, harvest the tri- organs. The movie trivia bot 2000. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on, since I'm about, about done with my slurpee, uh, we have our Parker Posey, of course, which is our feature that we do every every week, bringing up a question to uh, the other the other panel here, and uh, it's usually it's always movie oriented, and you can answer this question along with our, our panel at uh, gungapit.com and also at the movie hour page on, at uh, facebook.com. It's always uh, fun to play along as the, as the title goes, and the, it was not much different uh, this week during my question, and my question, Wait, which was did genius. It, did was you ask you, a question last week? Yeah, I know oh. it doesn't seem that way, just because there weren't that many answers, but I'm still happy with my question. I, my, I've got a story for you guys. This is a long story. Three week, probably three weeks ago, about uh, four weeks now, I brought up a question that included uh, ice cream flavors, which was a great question, and I got a lot of responses. But last week, I think I was, you know, still, I think I burnt the candle all the way down because last week my question, which was uh, if you were to bury a time capsule with a movie in it, 
for later generations to find what movie would it be and why. Um, we had some great answers here, but I had very few answers uh, from the fan base. But I did get an answer from KPW and Scott P., and that's pretty much all that matters. Varys also put a post on there, and I'm happy that I can count on you three for the future to be here for me. So thank you, thank you so much. I might have missed somebody, but th- those are the ones. Those are the ones that I caught. And you know what? Maybe Jeff, I I defy you to do better than me because I believe it's your Parker Posey's play along next. I, right? I think I've got one that I think I've got one that's going to appeal very nicely to the fanboys out there and fangirls, I guess the, for that matter. The fanboys. Yeah. Um, All right, knocking stars out. I'm gonna. What's that? Nothing. I'm just slurping. No. Okay. I thought you. I thought you said something. Um, Mm-mm. So. Uh, slurping. Yeah. The, the question for this week is going to be: What is your favorite origin story? So that can be for a superhero or a, a, a just a, you know just a regular guy that's got something going on or, or a, you know we're all familiar with an origin story your favorite origin story and it can be your favorite because it's so ridiculous or so awesome or uh, it, it just from a describes movie. so nicely from a movie favorite from, origin from, story of course from a movie this, this we've been talking about movies for the last year now it's probably going to be about a movie. Uh-huh. All right. What's your answer, sir? Okay, I am. Uh, I thought long and hard, and there are a lot of like good ones that I like, but I'm gonna go with Jack Frost from the movie Jack Frost. Um, and for those of you like who the have, evil Jack Frost, yeah, the evil Jack Frost. <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't seen the the, the 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 horror movie Jack Frost, it's about a uh, killer snowman. Uh, and I know Greg's seen it, <laughs> so uh, yeah. It's uh, and what happened was there was a man being transported to death row, and it was snowing, uh, and his car, the car that was transporting him to death row, uh, lost control and ran into a nuclear waste truck, and he became a murderous killer snowman, and that is my favorite. <laughs> I'd like to point out. Since I don't know an answer, I don't have an answer yet. <laughs> of course you know. Um, the evil. There was two Jack Frosts. Well, there are a lot of Jack Frosts, but I, I I love it how the first Jack Frost in 1996, the evil one, that was the evil Jack Frost, and then in '98 they decided to release one that's a nice Jack Frost. Like usually it's the opposite relationship. Like okay, the big movie makes money. Let's make a horror film based on that. No, yeah. this is it's, and this it's virtually Jack Frost the same plot, one isn't it? I mean, except for instead of being like a murderous snowman, he's it's it's like the dad becomes reincarnated and like hangs out with his kids as a snowman, right? Hmm. Origin uh, story. This is it's a it's a very uh, interesting uh, origin story. Go ahead. Not to jump to Greg, or I mean the gun, but I have a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good joke, Jim. I get it. I can't hear Thank you. Over you. My um, <laughs> Um, should the origin story be about someone that you're already familiar with, or can it be the first time you see it? And it's first time you see it's fine. I'm fine, fine with the first time you see it. Okay. I have an answer, but I'm going to let Jim hang out, hang out uh, and uh, try to figure it out and see if he can think of an answer as fast as I did. You have an answer, All right, again? well, my answer <laughs> will be uh, Superman. Superman? Yes. Why do you just pick the Beatles? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Superman is probably my favorite. Um, the story itself is kind of cool, you know, but, you know, the whole from a different planet gets shot over here. Um, I'm more enamored with the presentation of it, though, just kind of being introduced to, you know, the other 
you know, the rest of the world as far as, like, showing up and people gasping and just kind of the whole drama of it all, of his whole debut as, okay, this otherworldly being who's there to help everybody. So I, I always, I don't know, I think that's half the reason that I like um, the newest one, Superman Returns, a lot, is because the first half of the movie is pretty much them reintroducing him, and it's, a, you know, it's very similar to the the first Superman movie, and it's all about, you know, you know, America kind of like going, oh, Superman's back, you know, oh, he, you know, popped out just like he did before, and I don't know, whatever reason, that just seemed very cool to me, and that's my fave. Nice. I, uh, I have one a little better, and I'm not super happy with it, but I'm running with it. I think I've used this actually before, at least one of the characters, Fred Fenster. From uh, from the usual suspects, nice. I've used. and I think that was the what was that like the characters you liked but wasn't planning. That was another gym. That was a gym question. I forget what the, the exact question was, but my answer is uh, Kaiser Sose from the usual suspects. He's uh, the pretty much the whole point of the movie is to figure out wh- who he is, wh- where he's from, where he is now, etc. And Kaiser Sose's story is pretty much a fairy tale, a myth that is discussed between other pretty much other criminals and criminal minds and it's a guy that or at least in the idea of him was a low time drug guy and the way he actually manipulated and got his power was he was just he was on board to do anything to get what he wanted and he would pretty much the, I think the example in the movie was he killed his own family pretty much to point out that he was a badass and just the idea of being able to accumulate power not with, I think they even use it in the, for the film, not with people or guns, but just with the idea or the willpower to do anything you you are willing to sacrifice, you're willing to um, kill, whatever, and you're, that's how you get your power is really cool. And the mystery behind it all, trying to figure out who it is in the movie is very interesting. Good movie, good flick. That is a, that, and that is a really good answer. A good answer. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. I, I must admit, yours might be better than mine. Thank you. I know. I know it is. And a little side trivia in the little flashback of this, you know, storytelling of his origin. That guy with the long hair, he was just like an intern or a Yeah. yeah, did, yeah. Didn't he have the name? That. I thought somebody had the name Sose, so they used it. Like, it was, I remember yeah, seeing that. part him. I don't remember. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was some grip or something and he had long hair and looked yeah. like a badass, so they just used him for the silhouette. No, I remember that too. Um, not a bad question, Jeff. Could you uh, phrase it again for uh, all our listeners? Yeah, all our listeners here you the... What is your favorite origin story for a character in a movie? Not bad. Well, there you have it. Uh, go to gungapit.com to uh, play along, and also you can go to facebook.com, and you'll find uh, find the question posed there as well as our episodes if you want to listen through the web. Um, James, Jeff, on the, uh, another episode done. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about well favorite, done, but... but done anyway. I think I just said done. (laughs) Yeah, no, good job. Well done. Thank you for the input. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Drive safe. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here in the fraternal order of Shatner, the movie hour. Take care. Take care.